Dr. Chris Crane from Tulsa Bone & Joint, tulsaboneandjoint.com. Check them out right now online on the website or give them a call, 918-392-1400. Dr. Crane, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, Jeremy. How are you? I'm, I was okay until I uh, watched a video of the hockey player who had to have 75 stitches last night and the, uh, the amount of blood that was just pouring out of him right above his eye. Uh, and then came back in to uh, finish playing, you know, after these 75 stitches were, were had. So, yeah, it was good until I laid eyeballs on that. Yeah, it, it really makes you appreciate your own eye and how it doesn't have 75 <laughs> stitches in it. it. Boy, does it. Indeed it does. I don't know if I've ever quite even thought of it that way. But, yes, I do appreciate my eye and also my face for not having that giant cut, having to deal with that right now for sure. Uh, I The big news yesterday was uh, I th- I think we kind of caught wind that this was more than likely going to be the outcome of this. We still got a long way to go on this, but DeMar Hamlin, who we all remember from the Buffalo Bills, who was the massive story there during the NFL playoffs when he collapsed there on the field, uh, had a press conference, Doc, and said that he has been fully released and has returned back to the team. Teams have started workouts uh, and we'll be back involved doing uh, football-related workouts for the Buffalo Bills. Now, that doesn't mean that there's a 100% guarantee that we'll ever see him on the field again, but he also did confirm everything that we had talked about um, with with every expert saying, hey, I think it might be this, and that was the, how do you pronounce it, Camosio Cortis? Um, mm-hmm. And he did confirm that that is indeed what they what what he had. So I just kind of want to revisit that a little bit, and let's talk about what what the future could look like for him moving forward, and what concerns would you have or that you have read that could be a significant problem for him moving forward now to try to continue on his playing career? Yeah, so commotio cordis is a interruption of the usual heartbeat. There's a specific timing. It's just a few milliseconds wide where if you take a strong impact to the chest while a certain part of the heart is undergoing a certain chemical change that it does with every beat, that it throws it off and it actually will go into an arrhythmia, which will make you just drop. And so this is something we see most often in baseball because they have a projectile flying around that can hit them right in the chest and they don't tend to have a lot of chest guard and protection. But it can happen in football or hockey or other sports too. Um, and in his case, I mean, the, the credit goes to the team that ran out on the field and got a pacemaker, sorry, a defibrillator to him as quickly as they could and got him uh, a quick return of that heart rate and uh, that pulse. And so it, a lot of his recovery was most likely centered around, one, any kind of damage that was suffered from, you know, chest compressions and the shock and, and the heart rate being so low or even not really pumping much blood at all during that time. And then the rest of his time has probably been recovery and just working to see can his heart handle returning to exercise and returning to exertion in a way that allows him to be pain-free and not short of breath and not passing out and not having any troubles that are long-term. If he managed to get through that episode without structural damage to heart or any other organs, he might not have a long-term issue from this. And it's not, anyone's always at risk of another hit at the wrong exact time, but that's not super common, especially in football. And so 
if if this were to happen to him again, it would be like lightning striking twice. I mean, that would just be outrageous. You kind of answered my next question there was just the structural damage that could happen. It doesn't seem like that that's the case right now. It 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 doesn't necessarily lead to it, but if there was an instance like that happening, I guess what kind of structural damage could end up happening because of uh, a, a situation like this? Well, I mean, anytime that the, the heart is not doing its usual rhythm, uh, the blood flow that it produces is not optimal, whether that's a fibrillation where it's just kind of completely disorganized or a different type of arrhythmia where maybe it's an irregular pattern. The blood flow is not smooth enough to keep you conscious, and it's also potentially not smooth enough to keep other organs perfused. That's part of the reason they do chest compressions is to keep blood flowing and keep organs getting a fresh supply of new blood. Um, but if, if, if when he was down, and I don't have any evidence that he did, but if when he was down, his heart was unable to keep organs with enough blood, he might have some organ damage or tissue damage. And even the heart itself needs its own blood supply to keep its own oxygen uh, and its own tissue healthy. And so if his heart had any kind of damage from that, then that would be the issue with long-term. But in his case, they got him a return of circulation really quickly. And that's the key with doing well with this uh, because the longer you go without getting that heartbeat back, the worse and worse your prognosis gets. You had brought up some numbers when that initially happened, uh, just to the percentage, like if you don't get what your survival rate is, if you don't have almost immediate care. Uh, I just looked uh, in going over a story that said the U.S. survival rate for cardiac arrests suffered outside of hospital settings is as low as 12%, according to the American Heart Association. Uh, That's why we talked about the timely use of CPR um, can double or triple the chances of survival on this. I mean, it's it's still kind of the one in the million shot, right? From from just where maybe contact happens. Chris Pronger was a hockey player and had this happen. He got hit with a uh, a puck right in the chest. He went down. He was like twenty three or twenty four. I think he played two nights later, which is just insane to think about that he that he actually <laughs> played two nights later. But you know, hockey player. Um, but. They got they got attention immediately, uh, and and that's that's the one of the things that you've always highlighted in this case. And that's one of the things that this really it brought to attention. I mean, if this happens in a little league game, is there a defibrillator nearby? And that's something that probably no one's really thinking about in terms of just going and playing or parents helping out their their kids when they're playing. But I mean, this can happen at any level. This does not have to be an elite level type of issue. And so just the awareness that this brought to have equipment nearby that, that minutes turn into what feels like an eternity when you're talking about a heartbeat. And so just delaying care by a few minutes dramatically reduces what that survival rate looks like. And I don't have it in front of me. 12% would probably be the, for heart attacks or any other kind of, of heart issues. That's probably the general population. Um, it, it's not always like the movie where you do CPR and they get up and they smile at everybody. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's usually a pretty grim situation and the, the, the survival rates are made way better by having those defibrillators nearby. That's it's a very huge part of it. Yeah. And, and the, the last thing that I wanted to bring up on this is that trust me, the bills and the NFL 
are not going to allow him to participate in anything with the giant story that this was unless they feel comfortable with doing this to have all the different types of of, of clearance on this. Uh, they're not just going to make this decision willy-nilly by any means to allow him to come back. They, they, they're going to make sure that everything's on the up and up for sure. Yeah, I'd be shocked if he had anything less than just a full workup and just, I mean, scans of his heart and the structure of it and the heartbeat of it and echoes. And I, I can't imagine with the resources that they have and and the, the level of attention that's garnered that they're going to do anything less than be 100% basis covered. But I'm hopeful. I mean, it sounds like he's hopeful too in terms of no significant lasting damage and that yeah, he's, he's at very least motivated to try to get back to playing and getting back to what he loves. All right, moving away from that, I wanted to talk about elbow inflammation. Uh, there have been several pitchers so far here through the early stages of the league. One of them has gone to the 15-day DL. Um, I have noticed that a couple of these guys are of elevated age, at least for a baseball player. Uh, but now they've gone on these 15-day uh, DL trying to look and find what the cause of the inflammation is. Um, that's never a good sign, right? More than likely, especially if you're an aging pitcher, that it's a good sign that you have an elbow injury or inflammation in it. But what can be some causes of just inflammation in your elbow, especially this early in the season? Well, inflammation is just the body's response to some form of damage, whether that's a repetitive injury that's just leading to more stress than than healing, uh, or whether it's a tearing type of injury that they might have. The inflammation itself is is just kind of like smoke. You don't know where the fire is. You just see that there is something going on. And so a lot of the time you spend when you're dealing with inflammation is trying to find either the underlying issue structurally or if there's a repetitive motion, which I can't think of a repetitive motion that pitchers do over and over. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, and so it, the problem is that it, the older you get and the, really the peak in males is 25 to 30, depending on which study you're looking at the collagen levels slowly start to go down after that age. And so tendons and ligaments start to get a slow uh, progression of stiffness and they don't have the stretchiness that they necessarily used to. And so this is why you see a slight increase in injuries with age and, and that the, the usual kind of flexibility that these athletes might've been relying on to do these high level uh, moves and high level pitches and speeds they reach they may have a little bit of structural inflammation or a little less flexibility. And so, I mean, you take that 15 days and rest it and get it better and stretch and work on mechanics. You can sometimes break out of that cycle. So I think they're doing the right thing. And this is something they might even be looking at different types of injections or some rehab for, but um, inflammation in the elbow, unfortunately fairly common. There's a lot of anchors uh, along the elbow for moving the wrist. And so as you, pitch or as you do you know routine desk work or writing or typing or all the different things that you might do that can lead to inflammation even up at the elbow and the last thing for me we've talked about this several times but it's back in the news cycle again today for several reasons uh one this individual has actually made some public comments about where he's at with his recovery and two uh, there's been some trade rumors with a teammate of his that plays the same position. And I'm talking about Brock Purdy, who had the elbow injury and the UCL injury. Now, this was not the full Tommy John procedure, 
Uh, this was Brock Purdy having a procedure on his UCL. But he even himself last week said when asked about, hey, you return, they say you could be back in six months. He was like, guys, we need to slow down. I don't know if I'm even going to play next year. But we, we cautioned against that, right? We, we talked about that. That's one of those that you don't really know. Uh, you, you can put a time frame on it all you want, but uh, I, I think the last time that we talked about this, we said we wouldn't be shocked if there's a scenario where we don't see him back by a certain amount of time. That's just one of those that you want to take it as slow as possible. Yeah, the recovery in those surgeries is not small. I mean, you're, you're talking about either reconstructing, which is the Tommy John, uh, or more uh, recently kind of trying to reinforce that ligament with some of the newer surgeries that they've got or even replace it entirely. And that's that's not a small surgery, and it's also just it's a part of the elbow that undergoes so much stress. And when you, especially during baseball, but we've seen some of those types of injuries in football and other throwing sports that it's just a tremendous amount of pressure. And so to go from a surgery to ready to compete at that same level with that much stress across it, it takes time, and that's something that is on the scale of many, many months. And so, yeah, I, I, I think he's making exactly the right call being cautious about it. Uh, it's not that he doesn't have the option, but I think he's making the right choice saying, let's see how we do. Let's take it a day at a time or a month at a time and, and make the decision that's appropriate instead of holding himself to a, a certain deadline that he's got to meet and pushing through something that may not be the best for him. That's right. That is exactly right. And it caught people off guard thinking, well, wait a minute, that's not the timeline. We've been down this road before with this injury. You should probably have a better understanding of it, especially now here in 2023. Dr. Crane, we appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll uh, point people to uh, 918-392-1400. That's the main number at Tulsa Bone & Joint. Check them out online as well at TulsaBoneAndJoint.com. Have a great weekend, and we'll check in again with you next week. Sounds great. You take care. That's Dr. Crane joining us here on the Blitz 1170, as he does every single Wednesday. All right, time out. Let's talk a little Sooners when we come back next here on the Blitz 1170.